Alright, alright, alright. I heard you. Thanksgiving's over, so we can now all enjoy some wonderful Christmas music, holiday music. Um, I felt like everybody that I talked to over the holiday was giving me crap for being a Scrooge. Which is fine, but I stand by my opinion. But now that we're past Thanksgiving, you know, I'm gonna read our peculiar shout out with some little jingle bells in the background, some Bing Crosby. One of the best. Um, and our peculiar shout out today comes from us by via email from a man named Ben Bear. He says, I am from upstate New York, and I am peculiar because I'm Jewish and I listen to your podcast. Also, I don't have social media. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. So thanks, Ben, for that. That's awesome. We get some of the Lord's chosen people listening to our podcast. And uh, that makes us excited. And yeah, happy Hanukkah to everybody else out there as well. Um, our interview today is a really from a really smart entrepreneur, um, someone that we've been working for a few weeks to get on the show. Um, she started a business in 2015. Um, called qnor.com q-n-o-o-r.com it's a temple dress company um, a really amazing smart idea that's been taking off and Rosie Card uh, who started it also used to live in New York which is really cool we talked a little bit about that uh, I won't get too much further into the interview other than to tell you I forgot to ask her a question on the interview um, which we just kind of got sidetracked and I forgot to ask it, so I wanted to make sure you all understood what QNOR stands for. And the Q stands for queen, and NOR, N-O-O-R, is an Arabic term, which actually stands for uh, light. So it kind of stands for queen of light. And Arabic, she says, is the closest language to Aramaic, which is what Christ spoke. So obviously there was a lot of thought that went into that. You can tell Rosie's a really smart individual, and uh, it really comes out on the podcast, and it was one of our favorite interviews. So. Um, with that being said, you know, you kind of know the drill in terms of sharing the podcast. We really appreciate it and um, giving us ratings and reviews and continuing to submit um, via either Instagram or, you know, through the website for our peculiar shout outs. We're having a lot of fun. So that's it. Enjoy Rosie. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Peculiar People podcast. Today, I am sitting with Rosie Card, who is the founder of yeah. Kinor Temple Dress. I got that right. Proud of you. Awesome. Rosie. What makes you a peculiar person? Um, I think two reasons, mainly. One, I am a stay-at-home YSA. <laughs> um, and two, I personally think I have the best mutual profile oh, on really? the app. I haven't come across it in my journeys. It's, but it's very simple. You'll have to show me. Yeah, well, not so much as my pictures. I'm not, like, bragging it, about the pictures. It the it's just my my line. Bio? Yeah. You should definitely share the line with okay, me. It's really simple. It just says, is there no other way? <laughs> Come at me. No one can top that. Peculiar people is a compliment of the highest order. All 
No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Is there no other way? Honestly, I mean, I'm in like, I'm in the deleted phase right now of the mutual cycle. Uh But when I had the app, I didn't get a lot of swipes on that. Well, can we, can we go, uh, I need to, I need to go back on two things here before we jump into your life story that you mentioned. One, define stay at home YSA because I want to do that. Well, <laughs> you can do it too. Um, stay at home YSA. I'm a YSA. I'm a young single adult, even though I'm reaching the, I'm saying I'm like a maturing YSA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't talk about what point in that I am at, but go ahead. Yeah. And I'm a business owner and I work predominantly from home. So That's I'm awesome. a stay at home YSA. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Wow. People are going to be looking up to you so much in like life goals now. I mean, they should. That. Everybody should aspire to be a stay-at-home YSA. Or, you know, get married. I don't know. Whatever. Do you. Whatever helps you become like Christ, you know? (laughs) Whatever it is. There's different paths. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then the cycle of mutual. I really need to tell Cooper, who I've become friends with, he he founded Mutual. We did an episode with him. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if he knows that this exists, but I I know that this cycle exists with other dating apps. Yeah. Like Tinder and Bumble. But we might as well get right into it. I'm guessing this is like where you're on it, and then you delete it. Yeah. And then you get back on it, and you swipe a little more, and then you get over it, and then you delete it. Yeah, I mean, well, so I'm, it's deleted because I'm dating someone. Oh, okay. But then I feel like usually what happens is like you break up with someone, you're feeling down, so you're like, I'm going to swipe the heck out of this <laughs> thing tonight. <laughs> so you swipe, you swipe, you swipe. Um, and then you start a few conversations and usually some of them are pretty painful. <laughs> um, and then maybe one goes well and you go on a few dates and then you start dating someone, fingers crossed, ideally, right? And then you get to a point where you can delete it. Mm-hmm. But I think often you can just delete it also because you're just so... You're not having any luck with the combos. So you're at the deleting stage. Yeah. That is amazing. That's like progress, right? Oh, I mean... The idea would be never to have to download download it it again. again. Fingers crossed, right? Yeah. I mean, Cooper, if you're listening, like, don't worry. People are still going to download your app. Oh, it is a great app. And lots of people get married off of it. That's what I'm hearing. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's back up a little bit. Tell me, what is Qnor Temple Dress? Qnor is a line of temple dresses designed mostly for younger women. I have a lot of older women who wear them as, as well, lots of temple workers. Um, but I designed it for young, younger women to help them feel more at home in the house of the Lord. This was my favorite line when I went to your website. Oh, give it to me. I'm going to read it in, as you, okay? Okay. At Qnor, we're merging the formerly mutually exclusive worlds of faith and fashion. To, please don't laugh. Please don't laugh. Ta-da, tell me what to do to my face. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going to restart. Dragon. At Qnor, we're merging the formerly mutually exclusive worlds of faith and fashion to provide LDS women with comfortable and beautiful temple dresses that will only add to the comfort and peace they already find within the house of the Lord. Who wrote that beautiful copy? I imagine it was... Me. Oh. Yeah. I was going to say somebody else. No. Uh, <laughs> it's very it's very well done. But 
um, ignorantly as a man who goes to the temple and has never bought temple clothes, I just rent them. Uh-huh. I just thought that's what everybody did. So a I haven't, people do. I never really even notice what the women are wearing. That's bad, I guess. But I mean, you know, I'm in, I'm in my spiritual zone. Right. I guess, is my excuse. I would say. Right. I'm focusing on what, um, the promptings and whatnot. Oh, you're much better Mormon than me. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely not true. Um, so what inspired you to do this? Um, you know, I was working at the church in the film department. Um, I worked full time, but I was a contracted employee. And with Obamacare and things like that, they were like... When was this, by the way? Uh, 2015. Or, yeah, 2015. They were like, hey, you can only work three-fourths time this year because we don't want to give you insurance. Bless oh, their souls. That is awesome. Um, <laughs> so I'm at the temple praying because, like, I have to pay my rent. I've got bills. I need a real job. Um, and I'm trying to figure out. I was doing videography and photography on the side. So I'm like, hey, Emily Father, could you, like, amp that up a little bit? Can I stay working at the church? How do I swing this? Because I need to work full time. Um and honestly, I was just sitting there looking around me and thinking about a lot of the women, especially locally, who have started businesses um, and they've been really successful and really great. And, and then I started thinking about a lot of them are these clothing boutiques um, and modest dresses are kind of in style right now, like maxi dresses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, shoot, someone needs to make cute, comfortable white dresses. Um, and then I. I joke, but seriously, I just felt the spirit be like, oh, why don't you? And I was like, all right, fine. So I just like finished up at the temple, walked upstairs, set an appointment with Sister Samuelson, the matriarch of the temple. And then I was like, hey, am I allowed to do this? Like, That's one thing that I I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Like, does it, is it like, you know, garments or something which has to come from the church? Yeah, I didn't know. And she was like, oh yeah, totally do it. It's about time. Go for it. So, so after are, that, I just like ran. Are there other companies that do it, or did mm-hmm. you, or did you first to market with this? Thing? No, there. I mean, so there's a few private companies that have like brick and mortar stores, and they're also online. Yeah. Um, but they do a lot of similar stuff to what is offered at the distribution center, um, and so. Yeah. Wow. Um, so what did you do first? I googled how to start a clothing company. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. I Googled it. Um, I also called and emailed anyone I knew that had any connection to clothing production because yeah. I just yeah. knew basically nothing. And so I was just gleaning any amount of help. Like uh, Jacob Wood. Yeah. I had, had inter- him on. Yeah. He was on our first episode. So I knew Jake Wood because while working at a church, at the church, we interviewed him for a church project. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, remember me? I'm that like producer from the church. Help, help a sister out. Like, what yeah, do I do? Yeah. So. That's really funny. It's cool because he's he started his um, company basically out of the New York Public Library with no money either. Um, and it's tough. Clothing is a hard uh, uh, business as an entrepreneur to start. It is. Because of typical, the, the standard of having to own the inventory and, and certain things that can it's really expensive. make you very cash poor. Yeah. It's very right expensive. Away and put you in a lot risky. of debt right away. If you don't sell it, you're like bankrupt pretty quick. Yeah. So, um, so let's go back a little bit because okay. I, I want to spend a lot of the time talking about that, but it, mostly I want to, let's get to know you a little bit. Cool. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? And, you know, bring us back up to that point kind of 
to where mm-hmm. you were working for the church? So I was born in Utah. My family moved a ton growing up. I went to like 11 schools by the time I graduated from high school. Um, so lived in Sandy for a while. My family moved to New York when I was eight because my mom was going to school at FIT. And so we lived there for four years. We moved back to Utah in the Yale-Harvard area. Um, And then when I was 16, I moved to New York as to start working as a model. Um, And so I did that for two years. I was based out of New York City. But during that time, I lived and worked in Singapore and Italy and Tokyo. But what kind of modeling were you doing? um, Print and runway. Wow. Mm -hmm. So like super high fashion, weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I get to I get exposed to a lot of runway. Yeah. Well, showroom and runway, I get a, a lot of exposure to. Yeah, I did a fair own. amount of showroom stuff. Yeah. Um, I did a, a lot of fit modeling just mm-hmm. because I had, like, the standard body type that they wanted. And so um, that actually really helped in the development of King Noor because I would spend a ton of time just being, like, a living mannequin for, like, Zach Posen or Jill Stewart or mm-hmm. Miss Sixty, um, just watching these people work and, you know, talking about fabrics and drape and fit. And so that... I didn't realize it at the time. At the time, I was just bored out of my mind. Um, but now it has been a great blessing. Um, so I yeah. think it's so funny that, that they do use women with your body type as like mannequin models. Oh, it's but ludicrous. It's ludicrous. It makes no sense because you're tall. I have the body you're... of a fourteen-year-old boy. Like <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going to say that. I mean, it's true. We can say it. No, I mean, but you're obviously you're you're thin. You're tall. Yeah. You have, we were talking about jeans because like I run the women's jeans business at Macy's, and, uh-huh. and so I'm just curious. And um, you were, we were mentioning you probably have like a 34 inch inseam, which most girls probably need a 27. Yeah. You know, if you're if they're a regular sized person so yeah that, it makes no sense i'll have showroom models come in and be like oh yeah this jean what is the inseam okay why is it on her calf like we get a get a you go well, try see, the clothes well, the, on that's and then, the bizarre and then thing let's... is like as a model you they fit all the high fashion clothes to you but then it is like so hard for me to find clothes that fit me yeah, it's, it's really hard it's so weird yeah well, we can get into that in another podcast. Yeah, it's, it's not, actually not super important. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's it is a, it is a really weird industry. Modeling in general, I find odd. It's very bizarre. Yeah. So you did that for how long? Two years. Cool. Yeah. And was it like you just were over it? What what? Because you were young. I mean, you were what eighteen when you stopped. Mm-hmm. So it was a few things. Um, first of all, I just wasn't a very good model. <laughs> I was just not into it. And then also because of my faith, um, I had certain standards. And so that put some boundaries on what I was doing. If I was doing like cutesy 17 magazine stuff or a lot of catalogs, um, it would have been different. But because I was doing a lot of high fashion, just like I always say, swimmers sometimes have to wear swimsuits. Ballerinas wear leotards for their jobs. And models sometimes don't wear clothes. Um, And that just wasn't going to work for me. So when I was 16, I could say like, hey, photographer, I actually won't take my pants off because I'm 16 and I'm a child. Um, But once I became 18, it was like, oh, model, you're actually a legal adult and you're on contract. So this is part of your job. So it was at that point I was like, I'm going to go to college. (laughs) Okay. And is that exactly what you did? Yeah. So um, I applied to BYU, didn't get it in. Um, so I went to Dixie State University. So were you doing high school while you were modeling? What was yeah, doing? Utah had this thing called the Electronic High School of Utah. I don't think it exists anymore. It was basically built like if you failed your physics class, you could take a class from them 
during the summer to like make it up. I don't so know how I, I missed out on being a stay-at-home YSA doing Utah oh, electronic no, high school. It was the worst education on the planet. It was a All joke. these life hacks no. that you've done. <laughs> no, when I graduated from the electronic high school of Utah, they sent me a diploma that I swear someone made on paint. It was so It doesn't sound real. Shady. Even the name is kind of oh, electronic high school. I just school. put East High on is all of like my resumes, which is I'm lying on my resume. <laughs> but it just doesn't exist anymore. Like, you can't Google it. So... I've put Eagle Scout on a couple resume versions, oh, and I'm definitely one mare bed short. Shoot. <laughs> Shoot. That's I hope amazing. my employer's not listening because they, I could get fired. Uh, I hope an Eagle Scout's not listening because they're going to come after you. I know. Uh, I don't think people How, are going to listen to this podcast anymore knowing that I'm not an Eagle He's Scout. not a real Mormon. Oh, gosh. You're not even a real Mormon. True. Well, okay. We're, I'm going to edit this out, but I'm definitely not a real Mormon. I'm just. <laughs> Gathering information for a docu-series on you guys. Well, I'm honored to be a part of it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I was going, I went to Dixie, and then I transferred to the Y, uh, graduated from the University, I'm not the University of Utah, the Y. It's a little different. That was weird. I served a mission in Arizona, I did a study abroad in Jerusalem, and then I started working at the church. Why did you want to work for the church? Or how did Um, that happen? When I was on my mission, the I'm a Mormon campaign came out, yeah, and I was cool. obsessed with it, <laughs> as all good missionaries should be. Right. Um, and so when I got home, my stake president at BYU, President Lasparti, is a big wig at the church, and he um, helped me get a job on the I'm a Mormon campaign with Bonneville Communications. Oh, I just so did. Cool interviewing and vetting which was rad like i vetted sean neff and like some really cool people for i'm a mormon campaign yeah um and so i was working for them and then when i graduated i need i needed like a more solid job and they didn't have anything available but they had there was a positioning opening up at the church and so i joined that team and the first team that i joined was assigned to supporting the brethren as they traveled around the world so that was super rad um and then we did some other projects as far as like um random stuff like elder nelson's 90th birthday video um that sounds like a good time oh it was really cool well i mean just sitting at the feet of an apostle listening to him talk about like the 12 highlights of my ministry like that's pretty cool that's cool um he called me sweetheart so yeah um and then my last project was what the church i think they're still doing it it's called my plan it's a program that missionaries do as they're coming home from their missions to help them transition so we help make the videos for all of that so you seem like a kind of person that has no problem networking. Is that, is that true? Like, I, I get the sense that you would, like, go up and talk to anybody. You know, I feel like uh, I have a good network. It? And it's, yeah, it's really, like, it's all about who you know and, like, getting to know people. Um, but it is very painful for me. <laughs> like, those it events is. that you can go to with, like, influencers and that kind of oh, stuff, I'm just like, that <gasps> like it's high school. Like, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's hard. It's scary. But um, you, so your time at the church, uh, or working for the working for the church, you just, once you had this idea, did you just then up and 
No. So I kept working at the church through 2015 as I was building QNOR. I think a common mistake is people are like, I have an idea. I'm quitting my job and I'm going to do this. And it's like, that's not fair to do that to your idea. Like, (laughs) like you're going to bring me happiness and pay my mortgage. No. Um, So I worked on it for a year and then I launched November of 2015. Still, I was working at the church through February of 2016. And then like literally, I didn't even give two weeks notice. I just turned to my boss and I was like, James, Hi. I'm doing an awful job for you. And yeah. you know, I'm capable of better. I'm just drowning. Like it's too much. And he just said like, what do I need to know? What do you need to put on a hard drive for me? Like you got to go do your business. Yeah. And so I just like sorted everything out. And then that was my last day. So what was the, what was the, what's the, what was the most time consuming piece of it? when you were first starting of building it yeah did you have help were you doing like no at what point did you start getting help um i still do pretty much all of it really yeah um i mean i want to be careful i've had a lot of help like a lot of my friends i've have i joke that like most of the guys i've dated in the past three years are still on the keynote team I have really great ex-boyfriends um, <laughs> who are very smart and very successful in the business world. Um, so, yeah, I've had tons of friends that have helped with, like, copywriting and editing and design ideas, um, consulting, things like, oh, you probably should invest your money in a different place, or, yeah, photography is really important, stuff like that. So I've had this, like, crew of friends, but as far as, like, people on the payroll, it's pretty limited. Um, where... So this is a typical question that I feel like most entrepreneurs get, but at what point were you like, um, whoa, this is going to be, well, this could be something, you know, mm-hmm. because I feel like you're going to have it, you have an idea and you start to put it in place, but there's always that fear in the back of your head, right? That what if nobody like buys this or, yeah. um, well, like two months in, I was like, I've got to shut this down. Really? This isn't working. Yeah, because to start a clothing company, you need a lot of capital, and I didn't have it. Um, and so I was initially, I launched my website. Everything was purchased on a pre-sale basis. So people yeah, so were buying it. you would get orders it. first, and then you would go. Well, so you, when you make a dress, you have to ha- have minimums of like a few hundred. So that's very expensive. And I had yeah. like five designs. So it was looking at like a $60,000 chunk. Um, and I wasn't willing to risk that and like take out a loan and get $60,000 of dresses and hope they sell. Um, so I did kind of an unofficial Kickstarter. People could buy the dresses fully knowing they didn't exist. And then I said like, I think I'm going to be able to sell enough within this time frame. If I haven't, I'll send you your money back. But once we reach that goal, we can start production. And then it will be two months after that, that for production, that the dresses will already will ship. Um, so I was about two months in and I had sold maybe 60 of the hundreds of dresses that I needed that to, to sell to start production. How are you trying to market it? Were um, you just social media? media. Yeah. Yeah. And I Blitzing honestly, yeah, I knew in my gut it was going to work. <laughs> I really felt from like day one, this was going to be a good thing. It's just a matter of finding people. It can be yeah. hard to get in front of the people. Um, and so middle January, Deseret News did a, story kind of about my experience as a model and starting QNOR and that's when it kind of wow so you took owe off. it to them Des News Morgan Jones Des girl News. I love you wow yeah. that's really cool mm-hmm. so um was that the, that was the first of a lot of press that you've gotten mm-hmm. um would you say that you're what, what has been your best marketing tool 
into getting new business? Um, still social media. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you have a pretty sizable following. Yeah, it's been great. And the coolest thing is, is like when I was starting it, people were like, "Oh, but that's not gonna work," because like temple dresses on social media—that's weird. And like, it is a little bit weird. Like, <laughs> no one does that until now. Um, so women have been really great about like taking selfies in their temple dresses and being and posting it and saying like. I wouldn't normally post something about this, but this dress makes me feel rad, and I, I well, love that was it. Going to I'm be comfortable. One of the questions is like, you, you're gonna, you, you're, let's say you've got sixty orders in or whatever, but you don't even know yet how the customers are gonna respond when you totally. get their dress, right? So, right. what was that like when you started? Like, okay, now you, now you put some out into the market, and then like the first feedback that you started to get. Yeah. Um, feedback is always so important and I'm so appreciate when people share it. And those first rounds of dresses, I just think like bless those people. I mean, they were solid dresses. My manufacturer has been in the clothing manufacturing business for like three generations. Like they're solid, but little things as far as like, Oh, I wish this, the sleeves were lined or I wish that the sleeve was like an inch bigger. And so with the first rounds of dresses, we were constantly changing them to tweak them and make it, Oh, this style needs to be a little bit different. So how has the product line evolved over time? Because you, you sell more things now. Yeah, so we started about with five designs. We're, I think we're up to like 10 temple dresses. I have eight baptism dresses, a blessing dress. We just launched a robe. There's art and then accessories as far as like stockings, temple bags, men's ties. So dudes can do this too, right? We can wear a, a nice white suit yeah. if we want. When, yeah. are we, when are we launching the men's line? Coming up soon. <laughs> for real? Yeah, I mean, oh, okay, I've been working cool. on it for a while. Yeah. Okay. I mean, soon means Soon-ish? different things to different people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, you know, half yeah. the population. Absolutely. I don't Men know. matter too. Yeah, well, no. Future is not white ones, but well, we, we can just, we can be there. We can just we just can't say anything. We're a team. Yeah. <laughs> we're a team. We're a team. Yeah. Interesting times we live in. Yeah. Good times. Really good ones. Yeah. Good change. Um, yeah, we should move off of that subject for sure. I'm very comfy there, but we can <laughs> we, move. No, let's talk about it. <laughs> are, you, are you very politically active? Um, are you a feminist? Oh, you are you? I am for sure. I don't know. Well, I guess it depends. I think the first thing when people say, like, are you a feminist? I think it's, you got to say, like, how do you define feminist? Yeah. How do you define feminist? Um, women deserving equal rights to men. Okay. So. We're not this, we're not, we're different than each other. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But I think we're deaf. I know we are equal. Well, brain size, like, is the same. You thought I was going to say women have a brain a third the size of men. It's science, because that's the line from Anchorman. <laughs> but I don't know if that's true. Uh, well, I'm no scientist. <laughs> but I think... I'm pretty sure that when it, I mean, like, we're Mormons. This is the Mormon podcast. It's not rocket surgery. No. <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, I think it's a, a pretty foundational part of the gospel of Jesus Christ um, that men and women are equal. We know that, like, God is yeah. a title, a priesthood title, right? Um, a title given only to, like, a man and a woman. And so we have a heavenly father and a heavenly mother, and I think they're both rad, and they work as a team. And so why not us, you know? Well, I guess in some scenarios that could spark up some interesting debates within the LDS community regarding some, you know, you could take it to the levels of, uh, for instance, 
the church just announced some changes to priesthood session and relief society yeah. general session right yeah and so there, there's been some changes that move that are moving it seems like to be a little bit more equal in some ways but it's then you cool. have like the ideas of like the priesthood and you know that can get into a territory that um you know i, I forget the name of the of the girl that was actually excommunicated for kate kelly yeah or she's a women. woman yeah she's a woman uh, she's a woman <laughs> sorry yeah wow well, I'm, so... I'm a feminist <laughs> We will make a feminist out of you. No, here's the thing with the priesthood. I think it's important to remember that, like, what is the priesthood? It's not men. Right. The priesthood is God's power. Yeah. And it is equally accessible to men and women. Um, do men hold offices and keys in a way that women don't? Yes. But Elder Oaks, he taught in his talk on the priesthood that when women serve they are using the power of the priesthood and if it's not the power of the priesthood his quote is then what else what other power would it be so um when i think like how we use the priesthood looks differently so like a dad may lay his hands on his child's head to offer a blessing for that child and that's him using the priesthood power but a mom can kneel next to her child and say a prayer and call down the priesthood power. It's God's power. My it's mom able used for to do it all the time. I grew up with in a single parent home, and my totally. mom would always talk about as a matriarch of the of the home, she has access to the, po- um, the power. power. Of the priesthood. She would mention the priesthood power. You're not you know, a she is, you, you have no idea. She's you were like, raised legit. by a feminist, dude. Yeah, she's awesome. And yeah, I mean, it breaks my I heart. I joke, and, I, and like there are certain things that maybe like the political correctness aside, like yeah. because I still say things that are just personality like yeah. that's who I am yeah um, I'll never be able to always say the right thing although I do no work in a can. field that's 90% women 8% gay guys and me so you'd think <laughs> by now I would have been uh, perfect I think we all poli- like just need to keep correct, like bent it, knees knowing that like we're gonna say things that are yeah wrong. I, I just can't get I, I've like resigned myself to the fact like what I who I what I do is much more important than like something that I accidentally say in terms yeah. of like girl versus yeah. woman well no i love or that about boy your mom versus dude whatever yeah because i just feel like it breaks my heart when i hear people say like oh i was raised in a home without the priesthood because we didn't have a dad i just feel like oh my gosh no she would literally sure, say that I remember god's in power prayer. was in your home yeah, like really cool. for sure it was always there taking care of you absolutely yeah it's, it's so, awesome yeah so back to your life story mm-hmm. so your company is young yeah, it's just celebrated two years on Monday. That's crazy. Yeah. And um, what what is like what is what are you most proud of about it so far? So far in the in this game. Um, there have been a. F- I mean, I'm just proud that whenever an order comes through, I'm just like, oh my gosh, someone just bought this dress that I made, or I didn't make it, but you know. Yeah. Um, there's a there was a Hurricane Harvey. QNOR, the community, raised over $12,000 in under 24 hours for Hurricane Harvey victims. Um, That was super rad. I was very proud of that. Um, It was in the New York Times. That was super rad as, like, someone with a journalism background. That felt so cool. Um, Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. That's, like, the the ultimate, like, publication to be in. Totally. It was a huge moment. Um, And... Honestly, just the cool community of a place where women can, like, share um, and feel like, 
I'm a big per- do you believer. Sort of see it as that? I do. The like community. that's the the most important part to me is the community. Yeah. I'm a really big believer in that. Like we do not have to have it all together as Mormons to be a Mormon. Or even more importantly than being like a Mormon to be a disciple of Christ. You yeah, know? For sure. Like ideally you don't be a cafeteria Mormon where you're pick and choosing, but if that's what you have to offer, like pick and choose what you want and then like come sit with us. Mm-hmm. Like if you can't like get down with certain ideas or certain principles or whatever it is, take the you things that you can hold on to. Totally. You know? Hold on to what you can and like with time learn more. Yeah. But like still come hang with us, still come sit. You're welcome, you're loved, you're valued. And I think that's a that's a a, a really important message that honestly like I hope to by talking to more people just about we've we've had some podcasts around topics that are topics that people you just didn't talk about before yeah pornography gays in the church that kind of thing yeah um even like women empowerment within the church like that's an important topic to talk about so important that um i think wherever you stand on it there was a sweet conference talk about um by elder w craigswick and I loved that talk. I mentioned it in a podcast earlier, but I'm going to mention it again because it's like my, it was the, my biggest takeaway from this last conference that is like you and the line was, you do not have to um, embrace everybody else's ideas to, you know, love others and cherish others and to be part of the same you yeah. know, organization. We all are going to have really different opinions on things. Right. Nothing wrong with that. Right. You well, know. I actually think it's really rad because how freaking boring would we be? Yeah, pretty boring. Very boring. But I, that's a stereotype that we already get is that we're like vanilla. Kind of boring. And kind of boring. Let's mix it up. <laughs> <laughs> I am bummed that I don't get to go to dinner after conference twice a year Aww. after priesthood session. So. Well, I mean, you... You guys had to come in and take that could for me. still listen to women's session. Oh, wait, session. I could go, I think. No, you can, so. you're not invited. But you could watch <laughs> whoa, it on whoa, TV. Hey. hey, I'm not invited to Princeton. You could watch it I on TV and that. still go to dinner after. Yeah. That's what I do after Priesthood, so. That's good. Yeah. Um, all right, so what's something that's really unique about you that maybe your your community doesn't actually yet know from whatever press you've done or just not knowing you personally? That you have this microphone in front of you, this platform, they're now hearing your voice. Like, um, what is something that you would be interesting enough to share? Um, I don't know. Like, my favorite food is hot dogs. Is that true? Yeah, I love hot dogs. Is that a real thing? Well, I grew up in New York. Like, Gray's Papaya Recession recession Special is my jam. (laughs) I would do anything for one of those right now. Um, Something super unique. Um, I mean, I just signed a book deal. You did? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're going to write a book. I'm writing a book. It, they gave me 90 days. That's it? Yeah, during the most busy retail season. Yeah. It's been so really So for fun. sure, start writing that after Christmas is over. <laughs> when is the deadline? January 15th. Holy crap, my deadline. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, 15 days to pump out a book. I mean, NBD. No big deal. You get Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving in there. Uh, easy. Black Friday. Yeah. yeah all that. No problem. Um, do you know what it's going to be about? Yeah. Can you even share that? Yeah, I totally can. It's called Model Mormon. Um, Model Mormon? Model Mormon. You wouldn't believe how many rounds of approvals that had to go through. Yeah. Um, Model Mormon. And it's, it's basically just my story. Um, how I dealt with a lot of 
depression and teasing when I was young just because I was so tall and so skinny. Um, and then I became a model and that was supposed to be like the answer to all of my female body image problems. It didn't make me happier. Um, spoiler alert. And then it just goes over, over like how I, as a woman, found happiness mostly through like education and service and developing my brain and those types of things. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about this topic of social media and like because women are typically more active mm-hmm. on those realms and there's so much blogging the blogosphere and all of that yeah um do you find that medium as a as a a positive or a negative for you um i think it's up to us as consumers to to determine i mean for your business i know it's i'm sure it's amazing oh yeah i like i that's where you get your business yeah i I live off of that fantastic i mean for us it's everything for us too in terms of marketing yeah i just personally i've heard a lot of disparaging you know sort of Yeah, I mean, I think we have a responsibility as consumers to protect ourselves. You know, it's the same reason why, like, you probably shouldn't listen to cigarette ads, even though it makes it look really cool. Like, you probably shouldn't listen to that. Um, Not to compare, like, a cute Mormon mommy blogger to a cigarette ad. But but if you are following an Instagram account that makes you feel bad, don't trash talk her. Don't think bad thoughts about her. Don't say she's, like being inauthentic or fake just don't follow that account like everyone gets to pick what they instagram like everyone gets to do whatever they want on there but you get to have control so as someone that was formerly like heavily in the fashion industry i do not look at magazines i can't remember the last time i cracked a vogue because it's all of my friends in there. And so when I look at Vogue and I see my friends like shooting in Bora Bora, I'm like, whoa, yeah. my little house with wood paneling and green carpet looks really bad right <laughs> hey, now. But you own it. <laughs> I love that. But right? So like, I have a great life. I should be very grateful for that. But it makes me ungrateful for it. Yeah. It, so it makes me feel really ungrateful and it makes me feel slimy. So I just have had to say like, okay. I'm not in the place where I can consume this and be healthy. And I think the same thing goes for any social media account. Like, I don't follow my former model roommates because their lives are really glamorous. Cause I, and I'm just, like, not in that place where I can feel okay about my life and celebrate theirs. Yeah. And so I think, like, if you're a stay-at-home mom and your kids are being kids and you look at some other mom and her life looks pulled together and perfect, like, and it's making you feel bad just unfollow it and like come back to it later it's nothing personal yeah. one of my sisters literally just refollowed me so i'm like you unfollowed me at some when point did you, a relative <laughs> yeah, my sister love you sam <laughs> and so um wow. it's just hilarious and so but I'm like that's gonna be awkward and over thanksgiving no, it's dinner not, it's not a big deal uh-huh. it's just kind of like no i'm, I'm we're making not, it awkward we're not it's like whatever for some reason i was bugging her and she unfollowed me and like she's my sis it's not yeah, a big deal that's cool i think i've read on other uh alexa said like i just love them too much yeah yeah i mean that's the thing unfollow you because i love you yeah whatever i think that's a great i i just find that interesting it's come up like three times um how has it i i'm very interested to know how uh you you have your own business you have your own home your wife is like sort of like mine and where it's like really down a path you know uh-huh. how has that affected your dating life because that's it's got to be really hard to kind of like manage all those things yeah and also i bet you intimidate a lot of guys 
I mean, if I intimidate a guy, if a guy's intimidated by me, like, doing stuff, that's not really the kind of guy I want to no, date. Just in, you know? he, he might feel like, oh, man, she's... She's way she's way got her life more together than me. Oh, you know what I okay. mean, like that. Yeah, not, not in terms of men versus women. No, 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 not at all. But I feel like, I mean, there's this great. I it was like a meme or something that kind of talked about that, and it was like, what do you do if you find out your future wife or your wife makes more money money than you? And it was like the answer <laughs> is you say, "Rad, good job, best friend. I'm so proud of you." Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, um, I mean, I think it's tricky in the sense that like. When you start talking about this relationship getting more serious and, like, both parties own a home, it's like, whose home are you going to live in? And if you both really like your home, it's like, well, I want to live in my house. Like, I like my house. Um, that sounds like a good problem to me. Because then I the other one just becomes an Oh, it's a total first world problem. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, so I really honestly haven't seen... I feel like I try to date guys that would see that as a positive, that, like cool you're doing stuff i'm into that you're not like a liability you're someone that like i want to date a guy that's like running towards his goals and his dreams and he's working hard fast and i'm gonna be like hey i'm gonna keep pace with you because i'm running towards my stuff and like we can be partners in this and run together rather than like hey i like can i get on your back and like (laughs) which is not attractive for either person if you're if you're that other type of person it's really hard to like but i mean maybe some guys are looking for that you know for sure and maybe some girls are looking for that like oh for sure some people like ketchup some people like mustard it's fine absolutely um so what is the the last two years of your life what is when you when you like embarked on this journey is there anything that's just really like surprised you that you didn't anticipate would be the way it is in terms of you know because you set sort of a plan for what you want to do and how you're going to achieve it and go. Mm-hmm. And then you know, obviously there, it deviates from that. But has there been anything that's like sort of stood out to you as like, huh, I didn't understand. I didn't anticipate this was starting a business or I didn't anticipate it would have this effect on my life or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I just think like the platform element of it, I didn't an- anticipate like selling temple dresses would then I'd be like on podcasts and TV shows and that right. kind of stuff. Um, which well, has been really fun. You you're a dream come true. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no. you're a singer? Oh, go oh ahead. yeah. Sing the rest of that song. <laughs> uh, no. No Ariel for now. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, and I really enjoy this element about yeah. it. So it's kind of like a fun perk. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what What do you see the future of Kinor? Like what, where would you like it to go? I honestly have no idea. Really? Yeah. Um, you think that far? <clears throat> no. Well, and having like a retail company was never my dream. Like you, sometimes well, after what's your dream? I don't know, not that. Like I knew I wanted to the thing is is like I knew I wanted to start a business, but I wanted to solve a problem. Like yeah, I could start a company that like a million other people are already doing. And so that's why this temple dress thing really worked for me because I saw a problem and I thought like, "Oh, I can solve that." Yeah. No one's making cute temple dresses. Okay, I will. Um, and so that's the thing that I really love. And so as I'm developing it, I'm more interested in finding, like, yeah, it's fun to add new products, but I'm really stoked about, like, these ropes that I just added because, like, I mean, it's, I feel like, more socially acceptable for guys to walk around in their garment tops, but, like, less for women. And so I was like, we need something to throw on over your garments when you're cruising around with your roommates. Um, and so it's, you know, that was a problem. These robes and other products will solve that. So Garments is the ultimate 
conversation starter at the gym when I'm in New York. It's like, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've had, like, I'm just changing and I've had, like, a guy be like, oh man, where'd you get that undershirt? <laughs> pretty sweet right i had a girl on like my this, mission you like this deep circle we call it the eternal smile yeah <laughs> and, and then you have this awkward conversation where you can't bring this guy up to speed like so what do you say like do i start from mormonism from the beginning and tell you why i'm wearing this in no, two seconds never or do, do i just say oh I'm, i made it myself you can't <laughs> buy it like i don't know what to say i mean for whenever people have asked me about it and i think this is a good common answer about garments because like i grew up in new york around lots of yeah. non-mormons is for me i just say like oh it's just like a, it's a religious clothing there are other religions that wear religious clothing That's and sort of we, it just goes on, yeah. under our clothes because we're like mechanics and teachers and dolphin trainers and so it's not a it's it doesn't work to wear it on the outside of our clothes we just wear it underneath it's religious well, I, I now I have this weird visual of a dolphin trainer wearing. I know they probably don't wear their, their wetsuit. <laughs> outside. <laughs> That'd be cool. You, you know, they, they are so pretty tight. You can get some tight fitting ones, and you know, mm-hmm. swim. Yeah, that just seems <laughs> restrictive. Just, I wonder how like the the resistance in the water. You know, like Michael Phelps could drag. improve his time. Bad drag, I imagine. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Interesting concepts. Um, Who knew we would go there? Did not anticipate <laughs> that. <laughs> Um, so what, uh, if you had, if you could go back and give yourself your, your 16 year old, um, moving to New York to model self advice, what, what advice would you give? Um, I'm actually pretty dang proud of my little 16 year old self. I face some pretty hard things, especially that industry. Oh, that's like jumping into the. Den of the lions, the sharks, yeah, yeah. The den of lions. Whatever metaphor you want to use, we could come up a lot. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm pretty proud of myself. I do. I was painfully, painfully shy, um, and so I do wish I would have done a little bit more. As just like, because you, there's in the modeling industry specifically, there's always a really pretty skinny girl in the line behind you and so personality is a huge part and I didn't really have a ton of personality and I wish I would have but I was terrified and I felt like the only thing that mattered about me was what I looked like and so I didn't spend time like developing so did you have your personality you just were too shy to show it or because you have like a very big personality now Mm -hmm. you would say yeah just something you developed something i've worked on and developed yeah i think that's an amazing accomplishment because a lot of people like your personality it's like okay i'm 12 this is my personality and it's gonna be my personality well i mean i think i just got to a point where i was like oh like the way that you look when it comes down to it like doesn't really matter and it doesn't bring you a lot of happiness so it was like what's gonna bring me happiness and that's when i started like learning skills and getting an education and taking it seriously and like learning just learning stuff and then i started to feel more proud of myself and then you become more confident and then i feel like you when you're confident you're able to be like i'm cool with who i am i know it doesn't it doesn't work for anyone a lot of people there's a lot of mormon trolls out there that are not my fan um but that's okay. It works. It works for me. There's just a lot of trolls in general. I mean, I we've know. got some negativity too, and it's, it makes no sense sometimes. Because you're like, I, I don't just don't listen. Well, I mean, you even there's you're not the only one that's like out there spreading like really mostly just positive messaging. Mm-hmm. Like we interviewed James the Mormon, and 
Yeah, people and he, people oh just gosh, hate on he him has all trolls. the time. They just hate on him for no reason. Bless Honestly, his heart. like whether or not he's like the coolest guy as a as a person or individual, like if you don't know him and he's basically being like, yeah, I want to I want to like talk about my faith through music or mm-hmm. use this platform to give firesides. How can you like hate on that? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's really odd that yeah. we, we have sort of this. I, I guess it's human because you know if you go to Twitter anywhere, so it's not just Mormonism. I wouldn't say it's unique to us, but no, we do it's participate in it. Of course, and I think it's pretty lame. Yeah, I mean, there's some whack accounts, especially like, what I'm trying. I'm thinking of a specific one, but I don't know if it's appropriate to say. Oh, say it. I mean, if we if we end up having to edit it out, we won't edit it out. Okay. Um. Well, I mean, I feel like a purposeful wife that w- did that blog post about James. Oh, I've, I've never I've never heard of this. What, what is it? A, a purposeful, purposeful wife? Uh uh-uh. uh. What is that? She is. There's a part of me that thinks she's not a real person. A purposeful <laughs> wife. If you're out there, prove that you're real. Um, she's just like a... Is it a Twitter? Or a, it's a Twitter okay. account. Um, LDS. Very, very like um, white nationalist. Like proudly. And she did a blog post just thrashing James. Wow. Yeah. That's sad. I think it was her. Yeah, no, it was her. Yeah, no, it's right. it's wild. Okay, everyone, don't go read that. No, I think she put her account on um, private because there was, during she the, like, white national some... rallies, she got, like, shut down pretty hard. Wow. For good reason. Craziness. This is a really weird, it's just a really weird world that we live in right now. Yeah, I mean, it is. I feel like we have to have a higher tolerance for just, like, crap and just be able to, like, whew, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, to be able to brush off just anything. Yeah, but, like, we have so much more access to information, and that's cool. And access to people, too. Yeah. I mean, like, you have access to... You could tweet at any celebrity you wanted right now. Yeah. Potentially, you could have a conversation with them. If you have, like, a question about, like, issues within the church, there's, you you can actually, like, talk about it now. And it's a little bit more accepted. Like, oh, you maybe don't totally get that. Like, that's cool. You can find people that don't get it either and feel like you're not alone. And, but then, like, we still love you. Stick around. But that part of it is sort what I feel of is sort of new and needs to be talked more. Mm-hmm. The whole like, um, I've I mentioned this. I don't know, remember who I was talking to, but I remember going like back in the day when um, Proposition Eight was sort of around, or the gay marriage was a really big hot topic in Utah. Yeah, and like LDS religion conversation in the SL Trib or the Deseret News. It's mm-hmm. like you couldn't go to the comment section. I still feel like you can't oh, because it ooh. always goes to it always just goes back to the same thing of like. Anti-Mormon, Mormon. Uh, uh, uh. The and comment like, section of any news outlet is like the drugs like of the earth. The, you just stay away the from it. Worst that. trolls <laughs> and just the the worst people with too much Never time on their read hands. It. But in other avenues, like I feel like there is room for a, a positive dialogue regarding things that you maybe don't necessarily have the same opinion on. And yeah. hey, everybody out there, just can we all be okay with not knowing everything? Yeah, we're all on is the same okay? team. Like, well, that's faith, right? Right. Faith you is don't know literally not knowing everything. But we can still believe what we believe and yeah. what we like, have centered our faith on. Well, know? Elder Holland and President Uchtdorf have been like really big on this in the last few conferences as far as, like, hey, like it's okay to have questions. And if you don't have questions, it's not okay. To, yeah. like, be cruel to people who to do. Get, have an opinion, too. Yeah, and if people, even if people leave, like, we need to be respectful of them um, and still be loving. And I feel like there's movement from upper, I don't, not upper management, but, like, upper leadership of the church um, 
in that direction. But I also think, I think predominantly it's going to come from the bottom up as far as like love and acceptance. Um, and like, that is our first, that is our first responsibility is to love. Yeah. Well, I love that. That's a great, um, so a couple more, a couple more questions and then we'll get you out of here. Um, the last one really is what kind of advice would you give a young woman or a young entrepreneur that's like wanting to embark on and, and do something has big dreams kind of like you had. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important to figure out a healthy definition of success. Um, when I started QNOR, I had like a real honest heart to heart with Heavenly Father and I kind of laid out like, this is how long I'm going to work on this business in development. This is how much of my money I'm going to invest in it. Um, and if I get to the end of those two things, whichever comes first, and I don't really have a huge business that's selling thousands of dresses to show for it, I'm still going to say that's a success because I acted on a prompting. I did my end. Um, I think it's really common that we kind of like get a prompting and then we say like, oh, because he told me to do this, that means this and this and this and this and are supposed to happen. And then yeah. when it ends up totally different, we're like, did we just get punked? Like, <laughs> what? Like, I'm not married yet. Like, what's going on? Um, it does feel sort of like a linear concept sometimes. Yeah. Really I think just like keep way. your knees loose, bent, you know, yeah. like um, be okay with that our ultimate purpose, I think, in all things, obviously, is to become like Christ. And he's going to do that in a lot of different ways. Um, and it may be way different than you expected. But as long as you have that definition of success, that like, I'm success is in following God and following promptings. And then whatever else happens is kind of like, oh, well. I, I would only, I would, I love that, first of all. I would only add to that, like, when you, when you're going to do it, Figure out why you're doing it. Like, mm-hmm. what is the motivation? Are you just trying to make money? Because if you then if you don't make the amount of money that you were trying to figure out, like then you obviously you set up your definition of success is really setting you up to fail quick. Yeah, because you're going to run into some issue. Right. Well, and know? money matters. Like you got to yeah, pay yeah. them bills, and um, I think money you can do great things with money, and you can serve people, and it can be a really great tool. But I agree. Like you got to know that. Like at the end of the day, there's bigger, more important things to accomplish. That's not the end goal. That is not Heavenly Father's number one blessing, despite all of those tithing talks we've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, it's it's hard to keep that like eternal perspective in mind. This is a blip on the radar. So totally. defining success in this life can be very... You can translate to a lot of different things, and you can't take it with you, especially the money piece. And, I'm, and this is coming from a guy that I want to be so successful and yeah. have million be you know make millions of dollars or whatever in my career but um i have to tell myself that a lot to kind of like slow my roll a little bit well i think he'll probably ask you like okay cool you made a lot of money what did you do with it yeah like did you then did you you serve other men like no 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 i'm not gonna help people well if i have a lot of money i'm just gonna have like a pipeline of byu creamery chocolate milk straight to my home wherever it is i want to open up a chocolate factory but here's what's gonna happen really (laughs) no There'll be a the, someone that whoever's running it won't be like a creepy pedophile like clown type person. Like That's cool. Changing the game, change the whole chocolate factory game. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, I'll give chocolate to like kids in Haiti or some place that needs it. I think they probably have better chocolate than we do. Really? Yeah. Well, then I'll, I'll take their chocolate. And maybe maybe I'll, maybe I'll just set up my shop there That's and an idea. hire them. Hire them. Hey. Yeah, there you I go. I have cool business ideas. Yeah. All right, so hot seat. Have you ever played hot seat? 
Um, no, but I'm not scared. <laughs> you shouldn't be. It's not. We just we just warm up the the seat a little bit under you with a with a question that's a little bit more of a thinker. I'm excited. Um, and I did some googling to find a good one. I think this is a good one. Also, feel free to throw it back at me. Um, if someone offered to tell you accurately, like let's say you were praying or something, and, and you asked God, and you're like, where am I going to be exactly in 20 years? Uh-huh. But you, you, he, and he was like, I'll tell you, but you'll be powerless to change it. Would you want to know? Oh, God. Like, you can't affect it. No. Why not? And because, like, where's the fun in that? If you knew that you were going to make You don't want to know the future? If you knew that you were going to make a zillion dollars, like, would you be really hustling? I don't know. I don't know how it could not... It's a hard question because I don't know how it could not then affect every choice you made for the next 20 years. Oh, absolutely. It's like, I'm good. I already know I'm... Not marrying you. You're not the one. (laughs) (laughs) Not just... Not wasting time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I would probably not want to know you. I'm going to say probably no. For me. What if it was like, what if you said, uh, I want to see my kids 20 years from Could now. I see my future dogs? I, I don't know. What, I if, what, if, we, what if we just said, show me the, the, all the dogs I'm going to have for the next 20 years? Seriously, it's going to be so rad. When I get to heaven, it's just going to be like A me and this squad of pups. Ooh, plethora of puppies. Ooh, that sounds like an Instagram that's account. That's a podcast name. <laughs> God. Um, oh, plethora of fire. pups. Yeah, no, I know it'd be cool to see my kids. I hope they're like really funny, rad teens by that point. Um, so that'd be cool to see them be like, oh, look at those cool little humans. Yeah. Yeah. Hypotheticals, man. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I don't want to know. I feel like it would be too much. (laughs) I I, I don't want to know. Yeah. I don't want to know what's going to happen a month from now. No. (laughs) Stay in the mystery. Yeah, it's fine. Um, is there anything else before we get you out of here that you feel like you really want to say? Let's obviously plug your, your business and your Instagram account and like where people can find you. Yeah. So QNOR is just com, and then QNOR underscore temple dress on Instagram. Um, and then my book is coming out in June, 2018. And so that will just be available on QNOR and then like other normal publishing places. And it's called Model Mormon. That's going to be exciting. Who's publishing it? Cedar Fort. Very cool. Yeah. And you can follow Rosie herself at Rosie Card on Instagram. R-O-S-I-E Card. Like a game. Card game. Credit card. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for coming by. Thanks this for having me. This was a lot me. of fun. Yeah. This has been another episode of the Peculiar People Podcast. Peace. No, I ain't riding no waves. Too busy making my own waves, baby. I ain't riding